Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hello and welcome back. Lisa here from adayinourshoes.com. We are working our way section by section through an IEP. And today's will be kind of short. There's just not... There's really not a lot to say. It's state and local assessments. Um, and I'm trying to just stay on topic because I'm just not a fan of these tests. I have really yet to find a parent who is a fan of these tests. I think I think the tide has turned, and most parents um, feel that they're a waste of time. Schools do too much teaching to the test, and so on and so on. Um, we had, as a nation, we had standardized testing for a long time. I remember taking them in school in the seventies. However, of course, it was the infamous No Child Left Behind that really put these tests, um, well, I mean, what it did was that it tied funding to test results. And I get it. There has to be some way to... There has to be some way to hold schools accountable. There has to be some way to measure um, how one school is doing over another. But tying it to funding just made a giant hot mess of things because simply putting this these standards into place and saying, okay, well, here's the test. And if you don't score this and this and this, then, you know, this year you're, you're going to be on probation and then you're going to, that doesn't necessarily make kids do better. It doesn't necessarily give schools the resources that they need to, um, to do well. It just merely pointed out, it was just, it was, I think it was, what's the word I'm looking for? It became like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I think that the struggling schools who did get put on probation and who lost funding and things like that, I think they knew they were struggling before this. They didn't need this test to tell them. But all it did was add another layer, another level of bureaucracy, um, 
and really kind of put it out there that this school is struggling. And at least I know in Pennsylvania, um, every year there are two districts in particular near me, both in this county. We have 12, 12 school districts, and I don't know how many charters in my county. Um, but there are two in particular who consistently rank in, I want to say, top one through top five for these test results. And, you know, and sometimes they're number one. And realtors, realtors love it. And it'll be in the newspaper. Oh, we're the best school district in the state. Look at that. We are the number one school district in the state. Look at that. We're the number three school district in the state. Um, which is saying a lot. My state has 500 school districts and about 100 plus charters, which are considered public. And they take these tests too. So yeah, out of 600 public school entities to be number one or number three is an accomplishment, but it's not an accomplishment. It just means that, um, it means that they did very well on this test and that they do a very good job of preparing their students for this test. And they were, they are both very affluent school districts to begin with. They were very affluent school districts long before no child left behind was enacted. Not everyone has the same starting line, right? So, see, I said I wasn't going to rant about these tests, and what am I doing? I'm ranting about how much I hate these tests. They're here. There are movements underway to get rid of them. There is more, I believe, political support today in eliminating these exams than ever before. But as we sit here today, they still exist. So, um, there is a national movement underway called Opt Out. And most of the states, I believe, have a website. So for your state, you know, you would just look out Opt Out Pennsylvania, Opt Out New Jersey, Opt Out California. And you will find information on that website about your exams. It's going to be biased information. Obviously, if people want to opt out of these exams, they're not huge fans of them. Um, But there will be information about these statewide assessments. And there will be information on what you need to do to opt your child out. Now, if your child does not take the exam. My child takes an alternate exam. He is not, he's not in his neighborhood school. He's in a more restrictive placement anyway, so he's not there when they do the testing. However, some kids are in, say, a self-contained classroom in their neighborhood school, so they are present in the building when these assessments are going on. And if you've ever been in the environment of when these assessments are going on, it's kind of like an all hands on deck. They need proctors, they need this, they need that. And basically the, the school's entire focus turns to these exams. So what that might mean is that your child in a self-contained classroom, his teacher, his para, his therapists, whoever, um, 
might be pulled from that classroom to assist with these assessments. The reason being some of the kids um, are permitted to have assistance, such as having the test read to them, um, an extended time. And if they have extended time and they're in a different room, they need a proctor to sit with them and so on. And I know that since my son, my non-disabled child, who is in fourth grade, and in fourth grade here in Pennsylvania, they do more more assessments than the other years because in, um, in fourth grade they also do science. So he has an extra day or two of testing. And I think it's like six days of testing that he's having. He has them even as I speak. He has them today. So my point is we have these kids with IEPs in self-contained classrooms or whatever. They're supposed to be, maybe they're not in a self-contained classroom. Maybe they're in the gen ed room but still not taking the assessment or they're supposed to be getting pulled out, all that fun stuff, and it's not happening. The best I can say is that Um, be proactive in this and it's not I don't know I, I just can't fight every battle and this is not a battle I would necessarily choose to fight in the moment like if they're like I just for example um, you know someone will post in the group something like um, you know hey they were doing the statewide testing today at school and since my son isn't doing the test, um, they pulled him and some other students to a room to watch a movie. What should I do? Again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I, I would maybe voice my concern and make sure that a plan is in place for next time. Because I agree that your child's not going to school to watch a movie. On the other hand, it's not unusual for the non-IEP students to watch a movie once in a while at school. But I would just make sure that it doesn't happen again, especially if there is five or six days of testing. Um, I've also heard from parents that they said like, oh, hey, we just got this letter sent home that said, you know, next week is assessment week. And since my child isn't doing them, he can stay home. Well, no. <laughs> um, again, it's going to be hard to handle in the moment if you're not given a lot of notice, but I would just make sure that you're working on it for next time. And especially if you're a working parent, you know, no, I'm not taking five vacation days because you want to use my son's para as a test proctor. Okay, they're going to have to find something else. And if I had to push that issue, I would file a state complaint. But that's me. Um, but I'm, I'm a planner. I over plan to a fault. It has to do with my anxiety. And um, I just, I like to have a plan for everything. So I would just... Um, you know, just definitely make 
it's just hard because so many times I hear that they're just not given enough notice. Like it's things like, well, he was told to stay home tomorrow because they're doing assessments. Like, well, what are you supposed to do, you know, if you're not a stay-at-home mom? Um, and you know what? I am a work-at-home mom, and I still don't want my kid here this week. You know, he's supposed to be at school. Even if he's just watching a movie or on the playground, that's opportunities for, you know, joint attention and social skills and gross motor movement. Um, it's something, you know, it's not, it's not home here with me. So just make sure that you check that as, when it is your IEP review time, check that assessment section on your IEP and what it says. If you wish to opt out, learn your options there. If your child is going to take these assessments or is checked, you know, the box is checked, they're going to take these assessments, ask what accommodations are going to be able to be provided. They may not necessarily get all the accommodations that they have in their IEP for these statewide assessments because the testing protocol may not allow for it. However, if it is determined that a child needs a certain accommodation for these statewide assessments, then they should be able to use those accommodations in the rest of their classes as well. Okay, you can't just give a child certain accommodations when it's testing time because you want them to do better on the test. And then when testing's over, they don't have those accommodations. Okay, does that make sense? Um, other than that, I mean, just if you have questions about what the exam is, ask. Ask what it's like. Ask what the alternative assessment looks like, what it's in, what it involves. And that's really it. Go with your gut. And that's, yeah. That's all I can think of right now. I had something else like on the tip of my tongue and it just left me. Um, okay. I can't think of it. So I'm just going to end there. Um, so anyway, that's state and local assessments. Make sure your section is accurate and that you're in full understanding. And again, just be proactive. If your child is not doing the assessments, just be proactive in what they are going to do while the rest of the school is doing these tests, okay? By the time you hear this podcast, um, testing will be over for this school year for, I would guess, 99% of the districts in this country. However, they are just recently, at least here, they're just ending this week. So um, it's a good time, while it's fresh in your mind, to jot down some notes and send a note to the team and say, hey, you know, this is what happened during testing time. I'd like for next year, you know, that this happened instead. Okay. Um, that's it for state and local assessments. 
I believe next, next is goals. Ooh, IEP goals. So that will be the next one. Tune in then. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.